0: Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Thank you so much for tuning back in again with us today. You can, of course, always find us over at pathtozion.com or on our YouTube channel right here where you can like, subscribe, and follow along um, as you desire. You can reach out to us via email, pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. No matter where you are in the world, you can correspond um, easily with us. If you have questions or concerns or challenges, that's the way to do it. Of course, on our Facebook page as well, we have a page uh, dedicated to the program. Now, we're going to talk today for a little bit um, about a holy and peculiar people. A holy and peculiar people who are marked in order to serve Yahweh. And, and what this primarily is going to be about is 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 the, the Passover event and, and kind of the goings-on of, of who... Passover is for. We're going to talk a lot about identity. We're going to talk about the importance of why we are set free. Um, and just some specifics of the Passover, I guess, um, as a whole. And, and just kind of a, a maybe even a broad overview of why. Why Passover? And so this is very important, of course. Now, where I'm sitting right now recording this, it is, what is it? It's Friday. Um, According to the calendar we're presently following, um, our Passover was two nights ago, and we we shared this with a small gathering of people, and I spoke this message for the most part. Um, Leading up to this, I tend to over-prepare, and and I just can't um, often land on something specific. I get sometimes 20 pages of thought, and then I have to whittle it down and and just kind of pick and choose compartments of it. Now, the Passover account... And even the, the, the record of it in Exodus and then the account of the remembering of Yahweh's feast and what we are to do now, the, why Passover is so heavy is it's just it's immense. Um, the imagery of, of, of Yeshua becoming our Passover lamb, and then things that are mentioned in the um, New Testament writings towards the understanding of Yeshua, fulfilling the Passover. In, in bodily form, I mean, it's, this is a this is a topic, friends, that that can easily take us months to really dig out. I've already determined now that next year is going to look very different for us here, um, as we continue to add to our understanding and um, just how we do it, who we do it with, what it looks like, what we do, what we don't do, um, and I'm I've already decided I'm going to start. Um, Probably at least sixty days in advance of next year's Passover, because this year I dedicated hours and hours to uh, to it, and to add to my understanding in this cyclical pattern of Yahweh's Moedim, his his appointed times. But it just was not enough time um, to dig out the the more and the more and this and this and this, and this um, within the beautiful Passover. Event that it is now Passover, as we've already said, is it's not a feast. It is a, it is primarily if we're going to focus on it um, very precisely, it is a a meal. It is a it is a lamb, um, and so it's very important because it kicks off uh, the feast of unleavened bread, which of course is a feast, and you don't eat uh, bread that is leavened, and that's referenced again in, in Paul's writings, and most of us are familiar with that in a metaphorical context, Um, but let's just kind of go through this. I will be honest, I don't know whether this is going to be one part or seven. It's just going to unfold as we go here, as we talk about a holy and peculiar people, a set-apart people who are specifically marked for a purpose, and that purpose I'm going to present is in order to serve Yahweh, okay? Um, Let's just start with some reading um, in the Newer Testament, 1 Peter chapter 2, Um, 9 and 10. We see Exodus and Deuteronomy pop up a lot here being quoted um, and spoken to um, in regards to the New Covenant Church, the the New Covenant post-Yeshua assembly. Um, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for Elohim's own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people... But now you are Elohim's people. You're, you're, you're his possession. Now, now, this isn't just a you're, like whoever's in the room, we read this, and you're a chosen people, and you're a royal priesthood, and you're a holy nation. This is a specific, set-apart, marked, peculiar people. And, and as I have said for years now, only you know four or five, when I started to have the light come on towards these matters, a holy which is kadosh in the scriptures a kadosh holy set apart marked people keep remember and memorialize kadosh set apart holy consecrated marked appointed times it is a biblical pattern of people who follow yahweh elohim are a marked people by what they do okay and of course what they do not do but because we're talking about feast passover Unleavened bread, we of course talk about Shavuot, Pentecost, and tabernacles, Sukkot, um, with regularity here as well, as experiential memorials unto Yahweh Elohim. We're going to talk a lot about that as we go through here. We see this elsewhere in the Newer Testament, talking about a people, a consecrated, holy, peculiar people. Titus chapter 2, 13 and 14. We wait for the blessed hope and appearance of the glory of our great Elohim and Savior, Messiah Yeshua, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed so that he might purify for himself a chosen people. And what are those chosen people? They're, ze- they're zealous for good deeds, okay? And, and this, without, we're just going to jump on this and just keep on moving, but like he has redeemed us from lawlessness, He's redeemed us from going our own way, which, of course, we always say is, is indicated by, defined by, going the ways of the nations, inheriting the, the traditions of our fathers that are different than and opposing and replacing Yahweh, Father, um, the creator of all things, His ways, His decrees. Why? So that He might purify for Himself. Here we are again, more possession language for himself to possess a people a a a possession for the father a chosen people and they are defined by being ones who are zealous for good deeds now this of course is no new idea in the New Testament as we've said these these are often quoting Old Testament texts Exodus chapter 19 verse 5 for example now then if you listen closely to my voice and keep my covenant then you will be my own treasure From among all people, for all the earth is mine. And here we are, a treasure, something precious, something guarded, something kept close, um, segregated out, holy, marked from among all the people. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse 18. And Yahweh has declared today that you are a people for his treasured possession, as he promised you and that you are to keep all his commandments. And, and I just read these four um, or so texts to give a couple Newer Testament examples paralleled beside only a couple Older Testament examples of this is a theme throughout the Word, that when Yeshua Jesus came, he didn't give us a new way of living in order to be his Father's set-apart people. His set-apart people kept and keep his set apart holy feasts, His Sabbath. Okay, it's a biblical pattern, and we're gonna we're gonna really drive that home as we continue. So with with this in mind, we have to ask this question: Well, well, what marks Yahweh's people today? Okay, how do we know who's in the body of Messiah and who's not? As I say on the program, um, a lot over the years, if we if we took 50 people, we just grabbed 50 people off the street and we placed them on a wall and lined them up. And we ask them, let's say, 10 questions, um, specifically perhaps in in regards to what they do. What do you celebrate? What do you mark? What do you um, follow? Um, How do you govern your lives? What makes your decisions? Um, How do you define lawless deeds? How do you define good deeds? And very quickly, these questions would reveal who are father's treasured possessions a people it would define who who is a chosen people it would define the ones who are a royal priesthood a holy nation a marked set-apart peculiar people people that look different than the rest that are lined up on the wall it is a pattern that the Bible has shown clearly from the very beginning of time the ones who are Yahweh's people are marked by ones who submit their wills to the floor in constant, consistent, repetitive repentance to be found honoring and exalting His ways above their own. Um, And when Yeshua came, He was what? He was the perfect example of that, a man, fully Elohim God, fully man, who laid down by will His own way his own ideas, his own opinions, his own doctrines, his own teachings, and every single thing he did was surrendered and submitted to the Father. Thereby, he became the suffering servant Messiah who we now model our life after. And friends, he from birth did the feasts. He did Passover Okay, he had done it his whole life, and then he he came into maturity in his in his ministry to fulfill the Passover Lamb prophecies, not as a replacement, but as a fulfillment up until that point, which now carries us into the future. Okay, the feasts were pointing to Messiah's coming, and now they point us to His returning, His coming again, um, and we're going to get on. That's a big chunk of this, and of where we are headed. Um, and so that's what we're talking about presently is Passover because of the season of course, as it was just 48 hours ago. Um, for for most people, it's now past tense, this cycle. Um, the opponent the appointed times of, of Yahweh are in case you're new to the program and new to this idea and this verbiage, um, a lot of people even that that I invite to the feast that that we would do and, any public forum that we do, they say, well, I've never done the Feast of the Jews before. I've never taken part of Jewish feasts before. But friend, we have to understand, these existed before the Jewish people existed, okay? Like, <laughs> these were pre-existent, okay? the And we go back, if you've not seen the Moadim series, I get so redundant about that, but that is such a ground-level underpinning of all of this understanding and the foundations of what we do and why? Because back in the very first chapters of Genesis, the creation of all things, Yahweh appointed times. He made the luminaries in the heavens to mark His signs, therefore signs and seasons, for His appointed times. Okay? And they're set apart. And, and the word always says, for all generations, for all generations, for all generations, not for the jews not for all generations for the jews but for all of the generations who will be a holy and peculiar marked people who are set apart to serve Yahweh Elohim okay so we just mentioned that that's Genesis chapter 1 verse 14 if you want to look into it for the signs and the seasons months and years and uh, in the hebrew that's oath O T H oath um, I can't really say it perfectly, and the Moedim, which, of course, I've become familiar with over the last several years specifically. Um, there are so many texts here, Exodus chapter 12, 13, and 14, um, talking about how the blood on the doorpost is a sign. It is a mark. It is a distinguisher about this dwelling is literally marked and sealed for Yahweh. We are literally in this house, we agree covenantally, covenantally now, in the lineage of Abraham, we choose to be full of faith, of course. But the people who had faith, but no blood on the doorposts would have lost their firstborn, friends. Okay, That's a practical way of properly biblically understanding faith and works. The people who chose to heed the command that Yahweh was going to pass over the area and, and death would come to the firstborn who did not put the blood as a marker on the lintel on the doorpost of their house, that firstborn would die because of a disobedience to the command of the blood will keep you. The blood will seal you. The blood will literally mark your dwelling, and Yahweh himself will pass over you. He will go over you, and you are thereby protected and guarded by his command. You will be spared. You will be delivered, okay? So we see this throughout this. Just I'm just going to keep moving. Um, this day shall be a memorial for you. You shall keep it as a feast to Yahweh throughout all your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Okay? Um, And then it goes on to the commands. When Yahweh is speaking His commands to His set-apart, holy, consecrated people, bind them as a sign on your hand. They're to be His front lips between your eyes and write them where? On the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Again, a lot of imagery of what? A, a marker, a sign of an inward sign and mark of a covenant being in place upon the hearts of men between themselves, their households, and, and Yahweh Elohim. Okay? Um, for the sake of time, we're going to move through a lot of these things. The thousands and thousands of people who have preceded us, that were deemed obedient, righteous, right in the eyes of Yahweh, were a marked people. People who obeyed, friend. Obedience causes action. Okay? Again, this is such a clear thing to me to, to illustrate again and reiterate. If people would said, well, I believe, I believe that what God said was true. I believe it. It's a heart issue. It's all about my heart. I have faith to believe. Yes and amen, but if you did not do the act of dipping the hyssop in the blood and gathering the blood in the basin itself and putting it in there and dripping it across your lintel and doorposts, friend, your faith meant nothing. Your faith meant nothing at all. Do we understand the severity of that? Our faith, like our father Abraham, our faith must look like an obedient act a memorialization now for us here because i'm not going into my house tonight i didn't do it two nights ago um, because the death angel was coming to bring judgment upon a land that's not the era i live in but the imagery is is crystal clear today the same principle is absolutely at play now in Yeshua Messiah, that His blood is upon the doorpost of our hearts. He is upon the our home. We order our lives according to His pattern of keeping Father's ways. Okay? Yes. And it looks like something out here. It looks like an action. There are marked holy set-apart consecrated memorials that we are invited into, not that we have to do, but that we're invited into doing that will bring us the same results. Life, blessing, provision, protection, deliverance, okay, freedom. Same promises, same Elohim. He changes not. Um, we've, we talk about this a lot, so I'll just keep moving through it quickly. But uh, I just mentioned Abraham, and again, Abraham's faith. In Christianity, we always hear about Abraham's faith. Yes and amen. But Abraham in Genesis 26, verse 5, was chosen because he obeyed Yahweh. He fulfilled his duty to Yahweh. He kept Yahweh's commandments. He kept Yahweh's statutes. He kept Yahweh's law. Obedience. Obedience to Yahweh was not some new idea for the Jews, for Israel. It was not a new idea given at Mount Sinai. People were marked by being obedient to this Elohim of all Elohims. And it is the same today, I believe, thoroughly, to the core of my being memorializing and remembering Yahweh's feasts, his Sabbath, his Passover is a sign. It is a mark, friend. And I, man, I could just sit here for another 19 minutes and five seconds and just, oh my gosh, empty my heart out, begging and pleading and presenting and presenting and presenting for consideration to my Christian brothers and sisters that I love that just have not had this illuminated yet. Let's let the Word teach us. Because we, on the other side now of Messiah, here today in 2023, have both the sign and the shadow, the foreshadowing, the feast and Sabbath, and the body, okay, that casts the shadow, Yeshua himself. They are completely, entirely inseparable if we want to hold them in their fullness and in their function. Colossians chapter 2, 16 and 17. Therefore, Don't let anyone pass judgment on you in matters of food or drink. We have to read this in context. Well, that means you can eat and drink whatever you want. He said it right here to the Church at Colossae. It doesn't matter. These things don't matter. No judgment. That's not what this is saying at all. We have to know the context, and we have to keep reading. Or in respect to a festival, or new moon, or Sabbath. Now listen to this part, okay? Because I've heard this poorly translated and taught. For my whole life, these are what are festival, new moon, and Sabbaths. They are a foreshadowing of things to come. Okay, these are present moment to the church, the uh, Colossae that that Shaul Paul was speaking this to. He's saying post Messiah. Okay, post death, burial, resurrection, ascension. Acts chapter 2, Pentecost, post new church, <laughs> he's telling them it's present new church. You know what I'm saying people, the, the Catholic doctrine says a new church, an apostolic church was was birthed on the earth and, and something that had never been before started and the apostles redefined doctrine, which we don't agree with here whatsoever. And in fact, this, this confirms that is an errant doctrine when it says everything that was the, the festivals, new moons, and Sabbaths, these are, church at Colossae, these are a foreshadowing of things that are to come, things that are yet to come. We, we don't have to explain that, do we? It's pretty easy to understand. But the reality is Messiah. Yes and amen. But the way I've heard this throughout my whole life until just the last several years, and even when I read it and study for myself, I say, that's not what that said. I have heard this, all of those were, feasts and Sabbath are fine, but there's no sense in doing them. Right now, this time of year, everywhere you look, this debate of like, well, Christians aren't under law anymore. Christians don't do the feasts of the Jews. Christians aren't required to do those things. We're free in Jesus now. But friend, we have to let the word tell us what is and what is not, not just this doctrine that we've inherited from this from this apostolic um, insertion of new religion. That is not a, a biblical pattern at all. Um, the reality is Messiah, yes, yes, but just the same, like just because the reality came does not mean that the foreshadowing um, new moon, Sabbath, and festivals are deemed. Uh, unnecessary anymore because it says that they are, okay? We could say they remain a foreshadowing of things that are to come. <laughs> they are yet before us, okay? Things yet to come. And, and I said this, uh, I'll try to, to, to make it make sense here. I've, I've shared this to endless individuals. I shared this personally in my house. I shared it at our, at our more public gathering for Passover, um, shared it again yesterday. We have feasts and Sabbath and new moons, and, and they are coming through from when Yahweh set them in place, okay? The appointed times, again, go back to Genesis, and they're coming through all of humanity, and they're pointing towards the body, the substance, who is Messiah, who is Christ Jesus, okay? They're pointing to him, yes. They're declaring, they're announcing, they're prophetically declaring what is to come. The body, the body comes down, he sets his feet upon terra firma earth, he becomes flesh and dwells among us, the perfect fulfillment of what was prophesied, but only as he walks out in obedience, the Father's will and way for the Messiah man to accomplish everything that this was pointing to. Yes and amen. All of these things and most Christians would not debate that issue that that it was they were pointing to the body Messiah. But the difference is, the doctrine that most of us have in, has in, have inherited says that because of all these things were pointing to the body, which is Messiah, they are now obsolete and gone. Well, we know what who he, what Hebrew says. We have to understand what that's really saying, and most of us, myself included, are so unlearned and unstable and ignorant. We don't understand all the complexities of the high priest's understanding and function and what Hebrews, talk, Hebrews is talking about greater and all these different things. We have, we're very ignorant, friend, and we have to yield to that and acknowledge that regularly as we hold these things in their entirety. Now, continuing to move with this verse specifically about how these matters are a foreshadowing of things to come and equally so the body is Messiah Messiah is the substance yes so to continue our illustration they're pointing to him he comes he fulfills father's requirements of being the perfect God man to the utmost lays down his life in submission and surrender as a suffering servant his whole life unto death rises from the dead as the prophets the prophets declared all these things he accomplishes why he pour, he perfectly fulfilled Torah commands That is how you please the Father, okay? He fulfilled, well, he didn't sin. We say that all the time, but we gain listeners, so I have to keep repeating it and submitting it for consideration. He didn't just go through life sinless. We have to say the way that you were defined sinless, that you were defined sinless is if you kept the law of Yahweh Elohim, which he did to the utmost. That's what made him free from sin, okay? Okay? He accomplished everything perfectly he ascended where he sits now in a high priestly function in the heavenlies interceding for you and i towards the father he is the door to the father in the heavenly realm now don't even get me started on his high priest function and all the stuff i'm studying about that over here and so now if we cling to the text and if we in fact believe it's true the feasts and Sabbath and new moons are still a foreshadowing of what is to come. Well, how can that be? Jesus was the body. The substance is Messiah. The reality, depending on the version you read, like this. So he, they point to him. He comes. He does all he needed to do to perfection. He ascends. He's now seated as a great high priest. And the, the, the foreshadowing events that pointed to his arrival the first time Point to his coming back again. They continue to be a cyclical memorial pattern of pointing us to his second coming. Okay, example, trumpets, Yom Teruah. Okay, it is a shofar blast that nobody knows the day or the hour just like Yeshua's return. Nobody knows the day or the hour. It will The trump will sound, and what? He will return the same way that he left. It is a declaration of what? He will return, and he will what? He will tabernacle among men. The foreshadow said he will tabernacle among men. He came, and he was in a, a um, set-apart, um, sacrificial lamb, Manger, we'll say, he was in a in a rock, he was in the tower of the flock, McGdelle Dar, he tabernacled among men. So it pointed to him. Well, he's gone now. He fulfilled everything he needed to do in part 1, if you will. Now he's again in the heavenlies as my great high priest, and so the same foreshadowing that pointed to here now points to here well he will again yom teruah i believe trumpets will sound he will return he will descend as he ascended and he will once again tabernacle among men and that's why the feast oh that's why we do these memorials that's why we blast the shofar That's why we eat unleavened bread, which is his body. And that's why we drink the cup, which is his blood. And that's why we remember on Passover something that was, something that will be. Okay? This is of utmost importance that we understand this. Creation events that continue to point to the fulfillment of Yahweh's covenant that is yet ahead of us, friend. This is not the, the end was not at the cross. The end was not at Holy Spirit coming down in in Pentecost, which of course Pentecost preceded for thousands of years, the Acts 2 Pentecost. There is so much more to this, friend, than what we've inherited. That's why Passover is so incredibly awesome for us to give ourselves to, to study and study and study. Sadly, and I mean that, like it grieves me to think that this is just a historical um, story that we read, and if at best we do a Seder plate with stuff that has nothing to do with with the real Passover at all. We don't have to do this, friend. We can do what the Word has commanded us, and that's not just sufficient, friend. That is what is best. So we're going to go, and we'll make this part two up next. A Holy and peculiar people. And what are they? They're marked in order to serve Yahweh. We've talked about the holy and peculiar people first. We've talked about how we are called to be a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a marked um, people who are Yahweh's possession. We're his treasure. And his marked, holy, consecrated people keep his marked, holy, consecrated times like Passover, friend. So we're going to continue to talk about that, and we're going to ask the question... Um, That is, when I came across this, this is so simple and equally so incredibly profound. And I'll ask this question for you to come back for part two where we will answer. Why did Yahweh set his people free um, at the Exodus, at Passover? Why did he set his people free? Why did he say through his prophet Moses to Pharaoh, set my people free, let them go? Why? Why? What was the main purpose? Because if we get that, we understand who we are in Messiah and who we're called to still yet be now in this little bit of time here in between what was and what will be. So come back for part two. It's very intriguing to me. It's awesome. Why? It's the word of Elohim. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're rediscovering the ancient way, which is as deep as the ocean, and then ten times more. We'll never get to the bottom, but boy, are we swimming deep and learning all that Father wants us to learn so we can walk in His awesome, incredible ways. So thank you for joining us to do that today. We'll be back for part two right after this. Amen. So thank you for joining us to do that today. We'll be back for part two right after this. Amen.